Well, it seems today is um, testimony day. <laughs> I will be sharing my testimony with you. And as I was putting it together, um, God was constantly reminding me, and every time I read his word, actually, we can see it throughout his word. He's always, in his word, trying to remind the people of Israel of his divine providence in their lives, how he's worked in their lives. And as we can tell today, testimony is very powerful, and I believe that it's just as important for us uh, to remember how God is working in our own lives. So I will be sharing my testimony with you. Um, before I do, let's, uh, let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity to share your story in my life. Father, please give me your Holy Spirit. Give me the power to speak your words and hide me behind Jesus. I pray in, in his precious name. Amen. Excuse me. Sorry. Just like ancient Israel and Egypt, I too used to be a slave. For as long as I can remember, I had been searching for meaning in my life. No matter where I'd been from high school all the way through to the age of 30, I had always felt empty and with no purpose. I was raised with the belief that everything happens for a reason and that everything has a purpose, but I couldn't figure out what my purpose was. I tried to fill the emptiness and the meaninglessness with what I thought would satisfy it. And the world has always taught me that relationships are what would fix that emptiness. That if only I could find the right man, then my life would have meaning. Television, magazines, movies, especially Disney, all speak of relationships in which the common theme is happily ever after. So naturally in high school, during the years that our hormones awaken, I began exploring relationships. Shortly after high school, I also started drinking, smoking cigarettes, and smoking marijuana. As the years went by, my drug use expanded into other types of drugs, and my dependence on relationships also grew. By the time I was in college, I was trying drugs that I had never thought I would ever touch. And I was so dependent on relationships that my studies were being sacrificed. My life had become a downward spiral. I was that woman at the well in John chapter 4. I was constantly thirsting for something that could never satisfy me. I was always in a relationship with someone because I couldn't handle being alone. I couldn't handle being single for more than just a few months before I'd start looking for someone else to fill that empty void within my heart. And when I discovered that they weren't able to do that, their relationships ended. And after many years of this, I finally gave up on trying to have lasting relationships and settled for merely physical fulfillment. I began sleeping with men whom I had no intention of building relationships with. It was at this point in my life 
that the downward spiral became a free fall. Not only had I no purpose, even after graduating college, but also the weight of the world, politically, environmentally, socially, had become so heavy upon my heart. The only thing that relieved the weight and numbed the pain was alcohol and sex, and I became addicted to both. During this season in my life, God crossed my path with Christina. She's a Christian girl from Egypt who is attending the same college. I can remember the day we sat on the steps leading up to our house discussing our beliefs in God. And at the time, I had my own ideas about God. Um, I believed that there was a higher power, but you know, I didn't want to label it with the name God, and, and I didn't want um, to put him in a box, was my thinking at the time. I had no idea what a profound effect that day would have on my life. One day, she, um, she actually invited me to attend a local Sunday church for Easter Sunday service uh, with her and her boyfriend. My motives for going were not noble. I was basically looking to hang out with my friends, and I wasn't really interested in the day at all or in the purpose of the day. But God used that day, and he had other, other plans. On that Easter Sunday morning of 2006, I met our Savior. Jesus Christ. As I sat listening to the pastor's appeal, the history of my life passed before my eyes. Jesus not only spoke to me, he touched the very core of me. He took hold of my heart beating so fiercely, and after a few moments of hesitation that seemed like a lifetime, I finally surrendered. I did not care what anyone thought about it. I got up out of my seat, and I walked, walked to the front, I was barely able to hold myself up. My legs were shaking so badly. That morning, after I had kind of calmed down after the service, um, I went back to my car, lit up a cigarette, <laughs> and sat there and prayed, prayed to God. Um, <laughs> I actually made a promise to him that I wasn't doing this just to do it. You know, I wanted to be serious about it. I wanted a true and lasting relationship with him. And most importantly, I didn't want to be another hypocrite. This was going to be for real. And I made that determination. I had that purpose in my heart. I was going to make this move seriously and follow Jesus no matter what. However, as many of you may know, Satan's hold can be awfully strong. And initially, my life didn't reflect the changes that are supposed to take place upon a surrendered heart. And unfortunately, I got pulled right back into my destructive lifestyle. I had gotten myself into a relationship at this point that I did not want to be in. It is the last relationship I was in, and it turned out to be the worst one of all. It was a relationship that was based on nothing but lies, and it lasted for over two years. Naturally, to quiet and numb my mind from having to face the facts, I was drinking more and more heavily. I know now that the reason I drank so much was because I didn't want to face the reality of who I was, that I was using someone for my own selfish pleasure, that I was lonely, that I had no purpose in life, that I was in major financial debt, and that I had lost all hope. During the last year of this relationship, I could literally feel the Holy Spirit 
fighting with the enemy over my soul. My conscience was screaming at me to get out of the relationship, but my flesh constantly was drawing me back into it. I tried to break it off on numerous occasions, but it was hopeless. My flesh was just too strong for me to battle, to fight against. But the Holy Spirit never stopped. <laughs> he was still there, and I praise God for that. He kept urging me, go back to church, go back to church. So I began going to church. I was praying for his help. But still, nothing seemed to change in my heart. Nothing was changing. I could not get myself away from my destructive habits. I was stuck emotionally and physically dependent upon things that were killing me, quite literally. I was under the control of selfish, flesh, fleshly desires, and my mind had no power to resist. There was no human way out. Only by God's grace and mercy am I here standing before you today. For he heard my cries and the deep yearnings of my heart and came to my rescue in the person of my mother who was living on Maui. God gave her and her husband the financial and housing ability to move me from California to Maui to live with them. God performed a transplant and physically removed me from my destructive environment, picked me up, and planted me, um, planted me here in Hawaii. And ever since arriving, uh, my life began to change dramatically. I began falling in love with God. I recommitted my life to him. Within a month, I had learned about, I had learned about and I accepted the Seventh-day Sabbath, and I started attending the Seventh-day Adventist Church with my family in Kahului. I was here for about a month, and it was, it was time to find a job and, you know, to, to start getting back on my feet financially, and when I was looking for work, the, my only request was that I would be able to have Sabbath off, and there were two, two job interviews that I had. Um, my background, I went to photography school, so I was trying to find work in, in um, some kind of job that would allow me to still exercise that, that passion of mine. So one, one interview was with an actual photography business, the other um, was with a Macintosh computer store there on the island. And the first interview I had was with the photography business. Um, they didn't go for the Sabbath at all. Uh, in fact, the man that I interviewed with laughed at me uh, blatantly right out when I told him I needed to have Saturdays off. And for me, a newborn Christian, that was really hard to take. Um, but I knew the power that God had in my life, and I loved him so much. Um, even more than I did then, but I loved him a lot then, and I, I stood for him, and um, I didn't call, call that one back. <laughs> um, the computer retailer I had a series of inter interviews with, and after hearing my request to have Saturday off, the manager, you know, stated, okay, it's going to be kind of difficult because retail's big on Saturday, um, but they said they'd think about it. So they didn't say no, but they didn't say yes. So I just, you know, I let it be. I actually flew back to the mainland for a little bit to go to a friend's wedding, came back, and um, called the store manager when I got back and actually ended up talking to the owner on the phone, and, and he asked me flat out, you know, are you sure you can't work on Saturday? And I remember standing there with the phone in my hand, and my legs were trembling, my heart was like, ah, what do I do? And um, I just stood firm, you know. I said, "No, I'm sorry, I can't. I can't work on Sabbath." And I was given a job. 
He gave me the job. <laughs> so I praise God. I praise God. Um, meanwhile, uh, started working, but meanwhile, I was still drinking heavily. Probably about, you know, three to four beers a night, just to, just to numb the mind. And one day, actually, um, it was like a light switch flipped. One day, the Holy Spirit just impressed upon my heart, hey, you, you know, you're not living the life that you were living. You're, you're not suffering anymore. You're not lonely anymore, you know. I'm, I'm here. I didn't feel empty anymore. And basically, he said, you know, you don't need to numb, numb your mind anymore. There's no purpose for that. And as soon as that reasoning, I was like, oh, yeah, I don't have to numb my mind. Okay, cool. So... <laughs> So that freed me. I mean, that was it. That's all I needed to be free from, from drinking. And um, that, was, that was amazing. I love God. <laughs> Shortly after um, being freed from the alcohol addiction, um, God actually made me sales manager at the, at the computer store. It was about three months of working there. And the reason this is huge for me is because I had never worked in sales before. Um, I'd never worked in computer sales, especially. Um, so I was kind of nervous. I didn't know what was expected of me, but you know, I knew it was from I knew it was from God. Um, so I, I took it with with gratitude and um, continued in that for about two years. The cigarette smoking, though, that addiction um, to this day was the most difficult addiction I had to deal with. I started smoking just after high school, and it continued for about three, 13 years. I had smoked for so long that it was no longer merely a habit, but it was actually a part of who I was. I couldn't imagine life without cigarettes, but I knew that I had to quit if, it was going, if I was going to be true to God. Not only that, but I could feel the effect that it was having on my lungs and my body. I was always out of breath. I would wake up in the middle of the night coughing uncontrollably. During the day while at work, oftentimes my conversations would be interrupted by choking on the stuff that was coming up. Also, more and more frequently, I was getting lightheaded when I would stand up from a squatting position, restocking or whatever it was I was doing from work, I'd stand up and almost black out. And I knew that that was from the cigarettes, I knew. Because everything else I had, you know, was out. But, <laughs> no matter how disgusting I felt, I was still addicted, and more and more I began to feel like a slave in this area of, of my new life, because my new life, I was free, but this held me down. This, this was my shackles. Finally, my frustration drove me to cry out for God. I wrote down my prayer one evening, I was so tired, so fed up of being sick, of, of being weak and, and just feeling gross and disgusting. That in tears, I wrote my prayer down. Um, I folded it up. I wrote the words, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all of your mind on the outside. And I set it up on my dresser as a visual reminder. And I still have it to this day. Because it reminds me of, of God's power in my life, um, it reminds me of being completely, completely weak 
to the point of knowing that I couldn't do anything for myself and, and having to rely on him fully and completely. And I praise God for that experience, for teaching me that I can only rely on him and I cannot rely on myself in any way. Blessing after blessing, answered prayer after answered prayer, God gave me the victories that I desired for so long. I was given freedom from my addictions, was given the ability to pay off debt, and best of all, I was given the ability to grow closer to Jesus Christ and closer to my family. Slowly, uh, a great desire to work for God was developing within my heart. For over a year, I would often discuss this with my family, trying to figure out how it would be possible financially, because at the time, I was trying to pay off the debt that I had racked up in my destructive life, and I, I didn't see any way, but I knew that that passion was in me. I didn't give up. I just kept going to work, you know, faithfully, um, knowing that that job had been a, a gift from God, and, um, you know, I just, it was hard some days, but I just, I kept doing it. I really wanted to quit my job, devote all my time, all my talents, and all my treasure to Jesus. And that didn't happen right away, but what God did next in my life speaks for itself. After two years living with my mom and her husband, January of this year, God opened a way for me to move out. So it was, you know, independence. First time I had been on my own again since my other independence, which was completely destructive. And it was fearful for me because I knew I couldn't trust myself because of what I had done to myself in the past. Um, but I, I took this as a sign that, you know, God was saying, you can do this. You've grown, you know, you've, you have faith in me. Um, here's me showing my faith in you. So uh, he moved me into my own place. It was a studio cabin in the country on a road named none other than Door of Faith Road. During the next six months, God and I became very close in that place. I was praying very specific prayers to him during these months, and the answer that I kept receiving was in Psalms 37, verses 4 and 5. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. I prayed during this time um, for fellowship with other Seventh-day Adventists my age, because I didn't have that at all. I was praying um, to be able to live in the country and to grow my own food. Um, the cabin was in the country, but I didn't have the time or the energy um, or the, the assets, the ability to start growing my own food at that time. I was also praying to be able to work from home. and. Most convicting was my prayer, was that prayer to use my talents for God's cause. After only six months on Dora Faith Road, God brought me here. And he proceeded to answer every single prayer that I had been praying while I was there. I got my friends, I got my family, I have a home church, um, I'm working for God full time, <laughs> I'm working from home, here at the church. <laughs> um, I'm able to grow food. Um, the Bible workers and I have been planting some small things, but we've been starting to do some planting here on the church ground. So it's been a real blessing. 
And every, every single prayer has been answered. It blows me away every time I realize it. And he hasn't stopped, and that's the amazing thing. He's still working changes within my heart. He's challenging me in new and loving ways. He's helping me to grow in faith, and he's drawing me closer to him. One of God's promises that means the most to me is found in Ezekiel 36, and it's verses 23 to 27. Um, if you can turn with me to Ezekiel 36. Ezekiel 36, 23 through 27. Verse 23. And I will sanctify my great name, which was profaned among the heathen, which ye have profaned in the midst of them. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, saith the Lord God when I shall be sanctified in you before their eyes. For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you. A new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. By the testimonies of the sanctifying of Jesus Christ in our lives, we are the witness to the world of our almighty, all-loving, and all-powerful God. The same mighty God who brought Israel out of the land of Egypt and out of their bondage wants to bring spiritual Israel out of bondage today. And I offer, I offer this appeal that if you're battling with something this morning, perhaps an addiction like I was, or perhaps an idol that's taking place that God should hold in your life, or if you're heading in the wrong direction on your spiritual path, or if you just feel distant from God this morning, I invite you to surrender the battle and let God fight it for you. Whatever your battle is, just let go and hand it over to him. For he's willing and he's able to take it, to take all of your burdens. He knows your every desire and he wants you to know just how much he loves you. Please accept his power in your life right now and trust him. And please kneel with me in prayer.